everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Bit early for that I think Tim. It's, it's not really... A little, there's not as many memorable lines in this one. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, sure. Uh, this is a horror movie podcast. We get together, we talk about horror movies and it is the October thon. We are doing lots of extra episodes throughout October and as with all past October thons, we are going to be working through a shorter franchise uh usually about four movies sometimes three depending over the course of the month and as the title would suggest we are doing the evil dead franchise we'll be doing the original three films and the 2013 reboot um over the course of the the month uh starting here with the first one of course uh sam raimi's original evil dead starring bruce campbell and we'll be uh, going through them so uh we'll start spoiler free of course as we always do and we'll give you some warning before we do go into the more spoilery stuff but uh yeah uh, it's a classic it's one of the original video nasties and if you don't know what video <laughs> nasty is then just look it up on wikipedia because i've explained that a few times <laughs> uh so yeah the, the story the, the time old tale of a group of college students who go out to a cabin in the woods and mm-hmm. unleash something demonic from the basement um mm-hmm there you go that's evil dead dead eights <laughs> happen there's mm-hmm. danger and stuff uh how do you feel about evil dead tim i mean uh, you know if, if people know me <laughs> then they they probably already know my feelings but no i absolutely love it like this is um you know the, these movies like hold a, a very special you know place in my heart they're very near and dear to me is like um you know and obviously we'll we'll have plenty of gushing on uh for the other movies and i do feel like that you know sometimes this first one gets like a little overshadowed because you know like the the second one uh has a lot of very memorable like lines and you know it's uh like kind of funny and has like different stuff going for it and you know same thing with like you know the third one maybe is like a, a little more different or stands out or whatever but uh, i mean this first one though is uh, like very solid um just like a really good you know like a you know first uh attempt at a horror movie it's you know doing stuff that maybe I, I don't know when like the whole cabin in the woods thing started to become a trope but i'm sure it's probably like maybe like a little more fresh at this time i, I can't think of many other ones you know before this that uh, might have done it. I'm fairly certain that the cabin in the woods thing became a trope because of Evil Dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like this is what kind of caused it. Uh, now you're right; what, it, yeah. it does get overshadowed by the the, the, other, mm-hmm. the other ones. And one of the, one of the reasons why it gets overshadowed is because Ash is such a memorable character, but Ash doesn't really become Ash until I mean, he kind of becomes I, partially I, Ash in the second one, but it's really the third one, like the Ash mm-hmm. that we all think of and joke about, and the one that became the, the TV show character, you know, much, much later. Mm-hmm. That Ash <coughs> isn't in the first movie. And even the second movie, he's only kind of part way there. Uh, I feel like he's Ashley in this, and then, like, <laughs> yeah, like he becomes Ash in the, in the, yeah, second and third one. You know, like Ash becomes this wisecracking, cheesy action mm-hmm. hero almost, and. That's not here in the first movie at all. This is played way more straight. Uh, yeah, I, I would say if anything, he's he's almost more like a final girl in this than he is like he a, is, yeah. you know, uh, like the uh, the other male lead uh, Scott. His character is actually more of the like badass, if anything, in this. Like he, you know, he's the one that's like, you know, actually fighting back and like 
you know, kind of takes like some weapons and stuff like early on. Yeah, to begin with, I mean, that's part of the point is that what, what little arc might be there for Ash in this is that he does, mm-hmm. you know, start to defend himself and stops being as scared uh, as, the, as yeah. the movie goes on. Uh, but, you know, it, because it's not even just that the later ones are maybe remembered more fondly or have more of a, mm-hmm. a you know, a, a fever about them that people talk mm-hmm. about. I, I think one of the other big things that makes this franchise kind of weird is that two is more of a slapstick horror comedy and then the third one and we're still going to review it but the third one arguably isn't even a horror movie the third one's this adventure comedy about this guy who goes back in time and yeah <laughs> you know like i mean deadites are still technically there but it's not really a horror movie anymore this first one is actually a horror film it, it, yeah. it you know through and through i mean when i was watching it again the other night there is definitely some hints of what would come later but they're not they're not hints in the yeah. sense that you can feel the tone coming they're just hints in that mm-hmm. oh there's a scene in this where he kind of gets covered in blood okay that's definitely something that goes more wacky think, in the second one yeah t- towards the end it starts to get more uh towards the kind of like zaniness madness that you would see in that's like kind of all throughout the second movie but it's it's played uh, very differently though because in this first one it's played much more this is kind of terrifying this stuff yeah, is happening yeah it is more it's like a a madness but not really one you're supposed to laugh at like i feel like in the <clears throat> you know like a big thing of, of with the second one and um is like there's this kind of like this vibe of like going crazy but it is again in more of a fun kind of comedic way where this it's like you're kind of like following this like spiral of like uh you know madness uh that the character is going down and um so I, I definitely agree with you yeah this is like definitely like more straight up uh yeah just trying to be a horror movie and uh what i will say about that too is i think it's like very effective at that like i think there is like some legitimately creepy like scenes in no, here actually, I think... I, that, that was one of the things i said when i was watching this the other night is that i actually think out of the original three i mean keep leaving the reboot kind of separate because it's you know very different yeah, yeah. thing uh is out of the original three this is this is actually the only one that i think is creepy like i mean i, I, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. you know I, I love all three of them for different reasons but I was watching this again. In fact, interestingly, this is the first time I ever watched it in 4x3. And you're probably saying at home, like, why did you do that crazy thing? Well, <laughs> Evil Dead's kind of a weird case because it's, it's practically a shouldn't film, right? It was made when they were all quite yeah. young. Um, they were shooting on weekends. Uh, you know, it, it's this very low-budget thing, as a mm-hmm. lot of the big horror movies of the 70s and 80s often are. But this movie was shot uh, in, I think, super either super 8 or 16 millimeter film and it was shot in 4x3 and because movie theaters didn't really sh- you know sh- you know show anything in 4x3 it was always cropped to the, the the 185 to to one and when we got to the dvd and obviously for vhs that actually worked out great because vhs everything was a 4x3 uh <laughs> and for most movies that was a terrible thing because it was cropping the shit out of it for for evil dead that was actually the ratio that it was kind of originally shot in the dvds and the blu-rays and stuff like they still they, they get they they give you um the option of both most of the time at least the better editions do they give you the here's the the cinema ratio and here's the original four by three and for whatever reason just because i guess it filled the tv i i always picked the 16 by 9 option because it was it wasn't like this bastardization it was something that Remy you know had a hand in and it was always an, an option that was intended to be used um mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I thought, you know what, I'll, 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 for the sake of, you know, actually experiencing it this way, I watched it in 4x3 this time. And I have to say, I do think the cinematography uh, benefits from watching it in the 4x3. Mm. Uh, and I was finding myself being impressed by a lot of the shots. And I, I think that 
this is visually the best looking of the, the three movies. Um, Interesting. Uh, I think the the actual just raw cinematography. There's so many good shots in this movie. Uh, when they mm-hmm. first open the cabin and there's like this smoke inside and it's just a silhouette of Scott mm-hmm. at the door. Uh, Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. going around the basement with the lantern. Uh, the, mm-hmm. There's so many just creepy, really almost artistic shots to the point where it's kind of insane that the the, the, the two that came after, well, relatively low budget <laughs> still, uh, you know, from Hollywood standards, are much higher budgets than this first one. I think this first mm-hmm. one actually is the best looking movie. Uh mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, to the point where I, I'm watching it and I'm going, you know, this, uh, th- this movie is overshadowed in a way that I don't think is deserving because I actually think there's elements of it that are better than the other two, especially mm-hmm. as a horror movie. Uh, we remember the other two because it created Ash, because it created, yeah. you know, Boomstick mm-hmm. and Groovy and all, all these other things that mm-hmm. people, people like, but, uh, it, it's almost like a, it's, it's, this is not a, f- a completely accurate comparison or a fair one even, but it, it's almost like a Terminator 1, Terminator 2 thing where everyone talks about Terminator 2. Uh, but mm. I'm someone who, as I've watched them over and over through my life and as an adult, I'm like, you know, I think Terminator 1's the better movie. Now, now that you know mm. I'm at that point in my life, and I'm not going to say that about Evil Dead 1 necessarily, but I do mm. think there's elements of it in the filmmaking where I, I think it might be a better made movie all in. Uh, as a horror film at least. As a horror film, like for sure, uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with that. Like, um, I, I mean, again, I think there's, like, I, I do think it would be interesting if you know we lived in a world where there were, you know, never a- any sequels, or if there were sequels, but let's say they were, you know, like maybe like a little more tame and weren't trying to, you know, go for like over the top like slapstick comedy and stuff like. I do wonder if this one would be maybe a little bit more remembered as being like a horror classic or something like that people would put up there with like, I don't know, like Halloween or, you know, the first Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. Because, um, yeah, I do think that uh, and I totally get it. Like, you know, the the sequels, you have this very like, you know, charming, uh, lovable, over the top character with like really crazy elements like chainsaw hands and like just endless amounts of blood and gore and like uh so i understand is maybe why people would glom onto that because it is a lot more memorable and it's like you know fun to talk about and recite the lines and it kind of gives it this uh longevity uh that you know longevity (laughs) that the uh (laughs) that um yeah maybe this first one doesn't get as much but uh yeah it, it is one of those ones where like anytime I do sit down to watch this, I am always reminded, like, God damn, this is like a really, really good horror movie. Hey, maybe, maybe when I rewatch, because obviously we're going to do the whole franchise. Maybe when I rewatch mm-hmm. two and three, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come out with some hot takes at the end about which one I we'll think see. are better. <laughs> uh, but watching this because it is eerie. There's so many eerie shots that I think are really well framed, and they feel mm-hmm. like they're just kind of this this raw creepiness to them. And, the dead eggs actually feel a lot creepier in this than they do in the later films, where they're, they're, they're there for, you know, slapstick horror, you know, shenanigans in later films, yeah. whereas this is, uh, you know, they're actually going to be creepy. They're, there's, there's, they're, they're very visceral, they're very all these mm-hmm. things, and um, one of the things that surprised me as I was watching it as well is uh, how well the vast majority of the effects hold up. I'm talking the makeup effects oh, yeah. and the gore. Um, there is some weird... Um, stop motion uh like mm. clay stuff <laughs> towards yeah. the end which 
doesn't hold up. It never did. It's always looked kind of odd. Mm. Bizarrely, though, it's kind of the, the thing where I always remember it looking really bad, and it's not as bad mm. as I, in my memory, it was, but it's still bad. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I kind of still like it though, just because sure. like it's got charm. Yeah, I, I get yeah, it. yeah. Much more like I, yeah, I think you'd probably like agree to like much more charming than like bad CGI or yes. something. <laughs> so. Uh, and then another thing that surprised me is just how quickly the creepy stuff starts. See, the, the scene yeah. with Cheryl, the sister, like drawing like uncontrollably <laughs> in front of the clock. Uh, that happens like five minutes into the movie. It's like really quick. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and it, then it gets going. Um, uh, we get a bit of time with the characters. You know, they discover the book in the basement. The basement, which by mm. the way is like way bigger than the cabin itself. Like this, this basement yeah. seems to go on forever. Um, yeah. And there's, there's all those little character beats early on with with uh, like. The first Linda, you know, Bruce's first yeah. Linda, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, him pretending to be asleep when he's trying to give her this this uh, pendant and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's, mm-hmm. it's all about the, the creepy stuff. It's about the deadites. Mm-hmm. It's about not really, you know, thinking that his sister can be saved when she becomes a deadite. Mm-hmm. And then... And that's even glossing over the big thing that happens to her before that, <laughs> which I'll save for spoilers. But uh, there's, there's a very memorable like mm-hmm. visceral grotesque scene that happens mm-hmm. uh this is very insane and otherworldly and then what, what it's doing but it's also extremely mm-hmm. dark uh so yeah. it's, it's very well remembered for that reason um but yeah and i, I think i think the you know the, the movie works really well it's very mm-hmm. simple it doesn't try to do go over the top with its like concepts mm-hmm. or ideas it sets up a simple thing and has the characters kind of fall prey to this uh dead eight thing kind of one by one until we're left mm-hmm. with our final person and um mm-hmm. you know uh so yeah uh yeah and the music the music surprised me as well a little bit actually watching it again it's not often but there's a couple of moments in the movie where there's a little bit of synth that plays and i was like i don't remember the synth at all mm-hmm. yeah no i i get to see um the the, the guy that composed the music um it like joe loduca or something like that oh i couldn't tell uh, you <laughs> yeah the uh well, the only reason why i know is because they put out a vinyl for it and i actually went to see him he, he played like a couple of like the the tracks live and um yeah they the, the vinyl is actually like a uh, i forget what they call it but it's kind of like a like a recompose like some of it is like old music and some of it's like new music that you kind of like redid or, or whatever like after uh the fact but um i i do think it's it's not like other movies where maybe it's it's super memorable stuff that you can kind of like you know hum right off the top of your head but when you do sit down and watch it like a lot of times like stuff will kick in and you're like oh yeah like no this is like a good uh like a good track or like a good score here yeah um i mean if you, if you really critique the movie i mean the characters aren't obviously that deep in terms of like who they are there's yeah. very simplistic stuff in terms of like uh it doesn't really get in the way of it though because it's not really what the movie's yeah. here to do mm-hmm. um but yeah it's one of those things i've actually got it playing off to the side if, if you see me looking over it's because i've got it playing kind of oh okay. on the old tv over there um, and, and like, i i kind of like that that like um there's like a i feel like a natural naturalness to like the dialogue where like mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't know, like I, I think these are all just kind of like you know like drama theater you know kids that all kind of hung out and stuff and I, I feel like you can kind of tell like not to the point where it feels like the dialogue is like improv-y but like 
to the point where you know it does feel kind of natural when it's not like you know over the top like being like what are you talking about babe that's totally not what happened you know <laughs> like it is like like it does like you know when like uh, ash is like concerned for his sister but also like you know think she's like you know imagining things like i don't know there is like kind of a realness to the performance where it is kind of like uh you know like okay like whatever you say you know like all right let's get out of here like i, I don't know like it's uh it's a uh, it, it's interesting i think it's a uh, but yeah it all works very well yeah um it's, it's interesting how much of a slow build there is to things early on i mean as much oh, as sure. i said creepy stuff starts happening quite quickly the actual build to the first dead eye is you know there's a lot of stuff that happens in the build up to it um i yeah. just passed the moment in the movie there were the, the camera's kind of outside the cabin and it's kind of looking into mm-hmm. the windows to the various characters and it feels very it, you know, it feels like it's a serial killer outside looking in uh, but it's not because one of the big things mm-hmm. we talk about in this uh, that continues throughout the series is the use of this uh, kind of like like a pov shot of like a, mm-hmm. a, a malevolent force that's outside uh, basically mm-hmm. i think the implication is, is this is what kind of like takes over people and makes them deadites is this force that's yeah. kind of traveling through the mm-hmm. the forest and like we see it kind of like around and it's it's, you know, it's kind of interesting that sam raimi's idea here was to have a pov shot of something that wasn't there it's a pov shot of just the mm-hmm. the evil <laughs> as yeah. opposed to like you know a, a literal killer uh yeah it, it does it, give it a unique feel and a vibe it's a very distinct thing to the series there's this especially when mm-hmm. it starts speeding it up and you get this super quick because even the movie starts with like the as the credits are playing out you get the uh over the lake over the water not up you know up to the bridge and then eventually mm-hmm. they get to the car and stuff but uh it's a very distinct visual style yeah uh no, i totally agree uh and there's some like really nice shots too like there's one where it's kind of like um like going around from like one window of the cabin to the other and you kind of like see like yeah characters from like different positions as it goes to the next window it's uh really cool yeah that's what i was just uh, talking about when it's outside the oh, cabin yeah. uh because it ends with the uh, cheryl hearing like oh yeah you yeah. know like a voice and uh, I was questioning as I was watching it because she just goes outside in her bathrobe without telling anyone else that she heard the voice. That's saying, a little weird. And, she, yeah. and she's like, hey, hello, is anyone there? I'm like, really? You think there's someone outside out in the middle of nowhere and you get out without even telling your brother, hey, by the way, I thought I heard a voice. I'm going to check it out. Uh, yeah. To which he should probably say, hey, how about I go with you? Because so, it sounds like, hey, if there is mm-hmm. something out there. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I suppose I suppose we should give spoiler warning so we can start talking sure. about all the stuff mm-hmm. that it gets into uh mm-hmm. i will take this time to thank the patreon pro- the patreon the patreon producers uh for the month uh we're recording this in september though so uh this is uh, the list as it stands uh, so thank you to allison m fordyce tyler hess cindy palaceus david sharp Bordenow, al tribesman christopher moy and brett williams they are our patreon producers for the month uh that means that they are 20 dollars or above on patreon.com slash tv but you can support us over there for as little as one dollar per month and that one dollar will get you access to a bonus episode every single month in fact you'll get four bonus episodes during the october thon so you get a lot of uh, stuff uh this month but uh there's a whole back catalog now there'll be you know 20 over 20 movies easily by the time this goes out and you have access to all those for that one dollar the five dollar tier you get to vote on an episode once per month and you get the early access to all the review episodes by a day uh, and then there's even a super vote in the ten dollar tier so go have a look and see if you're interested in all that stuff and you can uh you know help keep all the content coming and get some bonus goodies for your for your troubles uh, plus there's bonus stuff for the other uh, shows that we do as well on mail tv so uh thank you kindly uh so full spoilers then for the evil dead because uh, people forget that it's the evil dead it's not just evil dead mm-hmm. the first one uh yeah but uh 
right now on the screen because i said the movie's playing over on the other monitor uh right now it's that scene it is the tree <laughs> uh sexual assault scene uh you heard that right if you've never heard of the evil dead and you're just listening to this i wonder what this movie's about yes uh cheryl the character is assaulted by a tree and it is the most <laughs> weird thing uh ever but it does feel very violent and visceral and <laughs> otherworldly and you know I don't even know what else to call it. It's 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 very it's definitely a very unique moment in a horror movie. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, for sure. And like there is, uh, there's something about it where it's like, like obviously it's not like you like to see it or anything, but like, uh, there is like, I don't know, like other like assault scenes in movies. Like you know, it feels so like kind of gross and and grimy. Uh, but there's something about like having it in this instance be this like other natural force like it you know and, and not like a, a a humanoid one in any way it's like yeah just like yeah. nature itself uh well it, i think what makes it work really well is is this sort of the thought process as you're watching it because you don't know that's what it's going to do you just see like, you see the tree vines sort of start to come alive mm-hmm. and then grab the hands and but then it starts ripping off like her clothes and like caressing parts of her and then you see the one branch you know Go straight Oof. in, not yeah. the legs, right? And it, yeah. It, yeah. there's a disbelief to what's happening where you're kind of mm. like, what is going on? And there's maybe a joke here to be made about, uh, you know, a, a dark prequel to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This was Groot in a previous... Uh, oh, gosh. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's the only tree character I can think of. <laughs> Go on, name sure. me another tree that's got a character. I dare you. Well, in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> there's like those Ents tree beard. Okay, name me a tree character and something that's not trash. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but it, you know, there's this disbelief to it, and it's kind of like this thing mm-hmm. where, um, you know, she, she runs back to the cabin and her clothes are all ripped, and you, you almost think that, like, they should all be taking this very seriously, that she looks like she's been mm-hmm. assaulted. Um, the movie never quite goes into that territory, though, where it kind of, like, addresses the idea that she's been assaulted in that way. The characters never mm-hmm. seem to kind of, like, understand that anything like that's happened. I'm not even sure she understands. In fact, the actress, I believe, for a long time claimed that she never got that that's what was happening on set. This idea mm-hmm. that she never realized that she was being filmed in a scene where a tree was raping her. But the mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you interpret the the one tree right. branch going up the legs. Like, I mean, I, like yeah. how do you interpret Oof. that specifically? I'm not sure, but... Uh, <laughs> So I, I'm not so sure exactly the context of that that claim, but mm. um, maybe it was a body double in that one shot. I don't know. Mm. Uh, that's possible, but I, I, I'm not sure if the director and that were trying to, I don't know, pull a fast one or misdirect or as to what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I, again, this is vague memory. If that, that never happened, <laughs> ignore everything <laughs> I just said. But I vaguely yeah. remember that uh, being a thing. But um, bottom line, it is like, yeah, one of the most memorable parts of the movie, and oh, for yeah, sure. it's very visceral and uh, gross. And but again, like you know, strangely like uh, effective because of like how yeah, I guess bizarre and brutal uh, it is. Yeah, and of course, Ash like she she says, Ash, I, I need out of here right now. I can't stay here. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'll drive you back to town. You can stay there. Um, but you know, they can't get to the bridge. The bridge is like. Uh, God. I always confuse this because the second movie you actually get a visual in the remake flashback section which we'll talk about in the second movie is what I mean by that but uh, <laughs> you get this visual in the second movie where the bridge is like sort of like curled up as if like some force yeah. is like that's not in this though this is a bit more vague and creepy and kind of you know you, you still like you still see part of it as like torn up and stuff yeah. and then 
but like a lot of it is just yeah kind of like their reactions of uh looking through it and like i really like the kind of the staging and, and the set dressing like on these areas of the movies because it, it is like so dark it's like pitch black but mm-hmm. it almost feels like almost kind of like an old school universal movie or something because there's like so much like fog pouring in in fact yeah, just, and- just as you say that i'm looking at the shot when they're going to the car and uh mm-hmm. Scott and the other two are standing at the door frame as Ash and mm. uh, Cheryl walk into the car and there's so much smoke and fog in the shot and it's, it's, it's almost like a, it almost looks like a music video where there's light coming from them yeah. at the door you see this, yeah. these shafts of light coming like, you know, through them and like around <coughs> them uh, it looks really good there's, like the visuals in this are really nice it's a really nice for, for a movie that's you know so grimy and low budget and mm-hmm. Like, there's clearly talent here, which is bizarre because yeah. I think Sam Raimi, everything he's directed that's not an Evil Dead movie has been <laughs> bad. <laughs> that's certainly your opinion, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm a big, uh, I, I love Sam Raimi. I'm a big uh, defender of his, um, you know, I, I really like a lot of his stuff. And I, I think the one thing you got to give him credit for is even if you don't like, you know, a lot of his stuff, I think, you know, you got to admit that he does at least have like a style, like um and, and i i think like especially evident like in this movie it's like you know this first low budget movie he's coming out and he's doing like a lot of stuff that i feel like you just wouldn't see you know in other movies uh so i, I joe i do think he benefits mm-hmm. though from having no money i, I think the restrictions sure. and not being able to just do anything actually make him a better mm-hmm. filmmaker i think the more money sam raimi's got and the less of liked his movies uh mm-hmm. so there's definitely something to be said where oh he can't just have like all these things and do all these wacky things that kind of holds yeah. him back a little bit, which I think in, for, at least for my taste, I think works out better. Uh, I think like with a, I think maybe like a lot of like, you know, directors from this time period too, maybe don't uh, adjust to like CGI uh, as mm. well, or, or maybe they, they have so much stuff that they've never been able to do that once. Yeah. You add like computers and stuff and like, Oh, I can do like all this and this and this and that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it loses like a little something from the practical stuff that they're, used to doing now for the record i, I don't remember mm-hmm. dark man well enough to say if i like that or not but at least from recent time i can say that i don't like his spider-man movies i don't like uh the gift which i rewatched last year it was actually kind of laughably bad drag me to hell i didn't like that much uh oz the great and the powerful i just thought was straight up garbage so i mean yeah I, 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 there's a trend here of just not liking sam raimi movies outside of these three evil dead films yeah i've never i've never seen oz like i i should probably watch it just out of curiosity but it, i really have no desire <laughs> it's it's bizarrely a beat for beat remake of uh the third evil dead movie it's re- so weird, oh, weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the plot of army of darkness just in a different context it's really odd it's um, strange and I, I still like the spider-man movies i defend them i rewatched them recently i think they're still pretty good and then, uh, and i love drag me to hell i'm a big defender of that one too <laughs> well you know no, no one's perfect <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Oh, I'm glad we agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we agree that no one's perfect. So, I mean, obviously, there was once we get to the Dead Eight stuff, though, uh, it's one of those things where I'd forgotten some of the specifics when I was watching this the other day. And it was kind of that thing where I remembered just before it happened the uh, the pencil stab in the ankle. Oh, that always gets me. And it the, looks you know, it looks good as well. It doesn't look like, yeah. like obviously fake. If, if anything, the only stuff makeup wise that I think looks a bit rough is that sometimes the deadite makeup in the face it sometimes mm-hmm. looks a bit separate, so it looks more like Leatherface than it does like a deadite. Sure, does that make yeah. sense? Uh, yeah. But no, the ankle stab with the, the pencil is brutal. The 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 part that gets me 
is uh you have like the initial stabbing which is pretty bad but then when they go back to it and they're kind of like you know like wiggling it around in the wound and like kind of like going up and down with the pencil like that's mm-hmm. what always gets me like oh it is very visceral yeah that stuff's really good um you know you, you have uh cheryl obviously turns into a dead eight first and she's like you know saying all the the, the very you know your your souls are ours to take or whatever the line is yeah. um and she gets trapped in the cell because oh, people you know i think one of the big visuals people remember from this movie more than anything else perhaps is other than the pov stuff going through the woods is the idea of the head popping up from the cellar door and yeah. like you know the, 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 the uh, not quite trash talking that's maybe not the right phrase but uh mm. is like you know come down here ash or you know things like that or um yeah. even scott like, like actually sitting on top of it and it's sort of just moving rocking around yep, and yep. you know all, all that stuff uh i think really good. I, I think what i'm uh i think actually like one of my favorites uh and, and one thing in the movie that i think is like really generally creepy is when uh i think it's linda gets infected how she kind of just like sits there mm-hmm. like there's something that's eerie about the fact that like she's not like jumping up and attacking and, and doing all this stuff like she's like is sitting there and kind of like you know talking in this like kind of like yeah like high pitch like almost sing-songy like kind of way and, and like, she also has this kind of like laugh as well this kind of yeah uh, that she's constantly doing it it's i think it's notable that like it's all played for creepiness in this movie yeah. that's, that's one of the things we're talking about where in the next movie and the third one and so on is the dead eggs are played very much for like slapstick comedy and laughs whereas that moment yeah. where she's sitting in the corner and you realize she's turned it's actually mm-hmm. genuinely tense and it's creepy yeah. and uh oh that's the pencil <laughs> but no it, it does work really well and it it has a completely different flavor from what the rest of the films have yeah uh and then and and i, I like the the way it looks too once um uh yeah i i think uh when cheryl i, I think it is that like first gets in, infected and that you notice her and she kind of like uh like kind of floats up and like is dangling mm-hmm. like this like puppet body like again it's just like really cool like visual look and um you know simple effect but uh again it's like you know it's not like other movies like it doesn't like look like cheap or like you know you can't like see like wires or anything it's like how do you wonder how they did that what's really funny actually is that there's two separate scenes in this movie where bruce campbell gets trapped under a bookcase that's fallen over um i i didn't remember it happening twice i just thought that was kind of notable (laughs) Uh, it's also kind of notable that all the all the women get dead-eyed first and mm-hmm. it's actually the two men who are left try to defend themselves which is different yeah. to most horror movies and it's funny because totally in most walks of life unfortunately the opposite is true where it's always focusing mm-hmm. on the on the men and the women are kind of the second fiddle mm-hmm. horror movies are kind of the one place where we expect the final girl even that phrase the final girl mm-hmm. like we expect a, a, a woman to be the the central figure by the end and uh, yeah. It's kind of notable that this is a big exception to that, and even to the point where it's the two men who are left, you know, on their own. Eventually, mm-hmm. Scott goes down, of course, as well. In fact, one of my favorite uh, moments in the movie is when Ash is like holding off, I think, Linda at the door or whatever, mm-hmm. and we see Scott <laughs> set up in frame in the, the in the foreground. He just kind of oh, like yeah, pops yeah, yeah, up yeah. out of frame as a deadite. That's when he kind of wakes up for the first time mm-hmm. uh, after he's died. So that stuff's really really cool. I also like the deadites can be like dealt with like cut, cutting one up does seem to be effective in stopping her uh, i think shelly because shelly's kind of the third one who no one really talks about that much because <laughs> she's just kind of there as the third one 
But because uh, because Linda's got all the the dialogues, just trying to like kind of like almost like get Ash to sympathize with her, uh, and try and trick him and all that stuff. And uh, of course, Ash has to fight back and tries to bury her in a grave. They even try and bury uh, uh, uh Shelley in a grave first, right? Like they both try and bury bury her first. I think so. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you ever think anyone's going to ask questions? This is something the TV show kind of explored, actually. But do you ever think anyone's going to ask questions when <laughs> you two come back? Let's say you two survive, and mm-hmm. all three of these women are dead, and you've buried them already. Do you ever think that looks suspicious, that you've not left the crime scene there to... Oh, definitely, but I think that's also not the immediate concern. <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> like... not. No, I get it. <laughs> but but, but I, I also say, why is the immediate concern to bury them then, though? Like, it's not like, oh, yeah. you know... Surely you've got other problems um, <laughs> to, to, to deal with. Uh, but hey. Uh, so, yeah. There is definitely a portion of the movie, though. Once, like, he's first dealt with Linda and Ash is on his own. Where he is kind of on his own for, like, 15, 20 minutes, kind of creeping around the house as, like, things are turning on. The projector in the basement kind of turns on for a bit. Uh, the, you know... We've even mentioned the Book of the Dead, really. We mentioned that's how everything yeah. starts. But they listen to a recording of this, like this man who was here with his wife uh, and his wife became a dead uh, sort of talking about it, but they, they actually let it play and it, it says the, you know, it reads the book, it reads the, the incantation or whatever it is that, that awakens the uh, the deadites, the, the evil dead. In fact, one of the things that I forgot about at the end is when the, the deadites melt because Ash throws the book in the fire. Yeah. Is that you actually see like demon hands coming out of the bodies briefly. I always forget that part, yeah. Yeah, that... that yeah. Because one of the things that I like about the reboot is that it adds a lot of mythology at the end, at mm-hmm. least for its own version of it. I, I'd always forgotten that this first movie actually does kind of have this idea that there are demons behind this. There's demons yeah. who are kind of behind the deadites. Um, which makes sense, because they're essentially possessed people, essentially. Yeah. But uh, I always forget that, that that little touch. Yeah. And then, like, the one thing that's always kind of funny is, like, he basically just defeats them by, like, uh, throwing the book in the fire. And it's like, just kind of like, oh, is it that easy? <laughs> like, yeah, that would know. never work in the sequels. Yeah, that's this is yeah. solely a first movie thing. Um, <laughs> but we get the, the the melting. But there's a lot, of, like I say, there's a lot of hints of what it's going to become when Ash is on his own because <laughs> you see like the pipe, like you know, blood flowing out of it. At one point, like blood oozes out of the wall sockets, which again is yeah. a big thing in the second movie. Is the idea of blood coming out the walls and <laughs> and all, all, all these things. Um, there's a lot of handheld in the camera work <laughs> as well. A lot of shaky cam, a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it always uh, yeah, I always like that like look to it. Like I feel like it really works well in these movies. Like especially like you know when things are kind of starting to go like a little crazier, is it like a nice kind of like I don't know like a violent <laughs> like close up kind of feel to it. Yeah, because uh, because the, the setup was a shotgun in the basement. Because uh, Scott kind of like you know points at Ash and Ash sort of gets the joke and laughs it off and I'm like no no if someone points a gun at you you, you laugh it off yeah. like <laughs> stop it. Uh, but yeah. the you know they, they set up the gun you know Schrodinger's gun I suppose Schrodinger's mm-hmm. gun no Chekhov's gun that's what I meant to say Chekhov's yeah. gun that's actually the phrase. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm mixing my uh, my terms here, uh, but. Yeah, because they kind of they kind of play up uh, Scott as being the confident one, and Ash is kind of like almost shocked at first when stuff starts happening. He doesn't really jump to action, so it's kind of his arc. If he has an arc at all, which there isn't much of in this movie, admittedly, uh, it's that he kind of becomes a bit more proactive and starts to defend himself uh, throughout the film. 
um, from everyone, uh, and painfully, and you know, all, almost dying from every angle as all these dead eggs are trying to kill him. We mentioned obviously he tries to bury Linda uh, when he's you know seemingly killed her, for, you know Ash that is. Uh, again, it goes very quiet. It, there's, there's a lot of use of silence in the movie where he's like walking outside and he's holding her. She's in this white robe, and you've got this visual of him holding her. Uh, and the eerie, again, fog, nighttime, the one sort of lantern lighting things, and he's digging this grave. Um, there is this kind of, you know, and she eventually wakes up and, like, pleads and all the, all the other things, but even just that serene, creepy quality of, like, him dragging his bloody girlfriend in this white robe and then carrying her outside, there is just this kind of vibe to the whole thing, and... Um, it's, it's kind of like a lot of low-budget horror movies. It's more about the situation and the feeling of it than it is about telling some grand story with a big character journey. Uh, yeah. And, you know, maybe the reason why something like Halloween st- holds up even better than this does is because Halloween has, like, a bit more subtext in there. There's a little bit more to dig into. Mm-hmm. Like I say, like, as a, as a visual piece of filmmaking, I think Evil Dead holds up really, really well. More so than I remembered it doing uh, before I watched it yeah. again. But like I say, there's a lot of ash on his own and he you know he's combating the blood he fights the dead eggs he's trying he's there's a lot of him running to from door to door trying to make sure they're locked and barricaded and all the rest of it and there's kind of a nice adrenaline surge as he's trying to run through the, the cabin try to make sure he does all this um but ultimately yeah we get this, this sort of showdown where he ends up you know he's grabbing for the book and he throws it in the fire and they, they kind of melt and the demon hands come out and again they had to design these demon hands that come out of the bodies and the ending, though, uh, is morning. He thinks he survived, but we get the POV camera again. Mm-hmm. And they kind of saved the most impressive version of this for last because it, it, it it's probably the longest time, the, the longest uninterrupted POV shot that it has where mm-hmm. it starts all the way back from far back in the woods and it comes all the way down past the car, through the house, and then ends like going, you know, it's, like, it's, it's just like sort of... Not a jump scare, but it ends, you know, Bruce Campbell turns around and like sort of streams as it comes up to his face, and that's kind of the ending. Yeah. Uh, and the second movie does deal with this uh, and addresses this cliffhanger in a kind of a weird way, because it kind of remakes the first movie in a prologue, because they didn't have rights to the footage, so they had to kind of like make their own flashback scenes. <laughs> it was as weird as that sounds, but uh, we'll get yeah. into that in the second movie, obviously. <laughs> It, it it does try to play the emotion of stuff a little bit. There's a lot of moments where Ash is like holding the pendant that he gave, or he's looking at it. Yeah, like a, a I I always got the sense that like there's uh, something to that where I don't know maybe it's like supposed to represent like a symbol of like love or good that I don't know. It uh, seems like very like oh like a I don't know something, something special <laughs> that he can use, and it does kind of end up saving the day, like because that's what he uses to like drag the book to him. Uh, that's right we, yes we, yeah there's, there's, there's a painstakingly long sort of a, he was trying to hook yeah. it with the pendant and it's not working there's a there's a little bit of stretch of like uh unbelievability I, I feel like where like come on like I, don't, I feel like that necklace wouldn't be able to like hook a book and drag that back but like it's whatever he let it go <laughs> unbelievability whatever <laughs> disbelievability thing. i don't know i don't even know if either of those is a word but <laughs> you know what i'm getting at <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll go with it we'll go with it uh so no nah, evil dead's very good uh evil dead is a very you know short simple straight to the point movie with lots of su- a surprising amount of gore and effects and and all yeah. the rest of it um you know and i think you know like ash having to like fight linda the dead eight 
it, it, again, it's played more as a serious thing in this. Even even when he's beheaded her and like her blood starts squirting onto his face, yeah, like you can easily see how the second movie takes that and turns it into comedy. You can see how it does that, totally. but in yeah. this it doesn't. When he's he's sort of streaming as it's happening, there's no music and there's it. You just feel this awkward horror of it. This like like he's just going through hell. That's what it feels like. It feels like a night of hell. Uh, whereas the second movie doesn't feel that. The second movie feels like oh yeah, he's only got a chainsaw. Yeah. It's, you know, let's have limbs flying about and blood squirting everywhere. There's like, um, you know, like Sam Raimi, like said, like, you know, he loves like torturing Bruce Campbell, like on mm-hmm. these movies. And like, and, and it's kind of like a weird thing where like, I feel like as an audience, like we do like to see him get tortured in the second movie, but yeah, like not, like not so much as this, like, it's like when, when you see stuff, it's like, you, you do like these scenes, but you're not mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not like uh, you're hooting and hollering like you would be like during the second one. But it's got very good pacing though, because you know we talk about all mm-hmm. this this big stuff that happens with Linda, where he beheads her and the, after the burial, mm-hmm. and it's, you know he's, he's hitting her with this big giant like uh, it's like a broken bit of like uh, like wood from a house or something like that. He's got this big oh, yeah. this big sort of uh, plank, and he's hitting her over the head with it and all this. But once that's done, he gets back to the cabin and the. You know, Cheryl, the deadite Cheryl, is is not in the, the basement anymore. The, the door's open, so we have. So it it goes from being really extreme and like very quick and all this aggressive stuff happening to being a slow stalk through the cabin, trying to find where the now missing Cheryl deadite is, and it's very eerie. And then there's even a moment later on when he has to go into the basement again, uh, back when he's on his own, and walking down there, down those stairs when that deadite's been down there has this creepy tension to it. Uh, so it, it, it juggles... Again, and this is probably why I'm saying it's the best horror movie of the bunch, is that it has all the slow tension as well as the over, you know, all the, the big erratic stuff where there's all these things happening very quickly. Uh, it does have the slow in-between where it's like, where are they? Like, where, where, yeah. where is the deadite? So- and I like that stuff too, where he's like traveling in the basement. I, again, it's like so dark. I really like just the use of these like very stark like blackness that surrounds them. But like... It's never like hard to like see or or anything, but uh, yeah, like I, I really like a lot of those like lighting choices and just how like really dark and black it can get in some of those scenes. So that's that's basically Evil Dead uh, mm-hmm. in a nutshell. So um, I guess I'm going to ask you what you're going to rate the film, Tim. Uh, you know, it's it, it's one that uh, I, I feel like I mean I've seen this like a billion times at, at this point, but like. Uh, it does still continue to grow on me. I, I feel like each time I see it, and uh, <clears throat> I do think part of it is like, again, that like, um, the fact that it doesn't have a maybe as much notoriety as like you know the sequels that, uh, you know, if you do go to watch it, and it's been a while, maybe you forget about how good it is. But it again, it is like really damn good, and I'm constantly like surprised and happy when I watch it. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it's the. <sighs> it's really solid entry into like you know, probably like my f- favorite like uh you know film franchises of all time so uh I don't, i'm gonna go with a nine i i think it's great <laughs> it's uh one that like i i just love watching and man what a what a great start to a great series <laughs> yeah i uh i'm you know i'm struggling with this because yeah i was kind of impressed again watching it and mm-hmm being surprised with like just it, it, it holding up better than i i, I remember it and not, not i don't have a negative opinion of it not even close but right yeah just, just mm-hmm. being surprised at how good it actually is again watching it again and 
Um, I will then when Quake goes high, I'm going to go eight point five, but it's it's very 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 good. And uh, like I say, you know, the pacing is kind of something that impressed me a lot this time. Is is the way it can can mm. slow back down again, and it has these quiet, just pure dead silent moments. And I think. I mean, maybe there is more silent moments in 2 and 3 that I'm forgetting, but I don't remember them having the silent, eerie stuff. I don't remember yeah. that being there. And I think it's actually really good in this movie. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, yeah, Evil Dead for me. Uh, the, the Evil Dead, the original, is mm -hmm. a 8.5 for me. So, yeah, very, very good stuff. Uh, definitely a classic, definitely worth seeing if you're, you know, checking out the, 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 the must-sees of the horror genre. Mm -hmm. I think Evil Dead's, you know, one that has to be up there. Totally. Uh, and you should see it before, too. Yeah, you should see the first one first. Mm -hmm. uh, so, there you go. Uh, Evil Dead, uh, which starts our, our trip through the, the franchise. Uh, two, obviously, next, and we'll uh, we'll be getting through them. Uh, so, if you have made it this far in the review, this far uh, on YouTube specifically, then put the word, I'm not picking Groovy. We need to save, we need to save Groovy. We, right. we, we need to save that. Um, Necronomicon? <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Sure. Put the word ne Necronomicon uh, in the in the comments. Uh, okay, I'll get Tim to do the the, the the pose for the thumbnail. So Tim, if you could uh, okay. prepare yourself, we can three, two, one, and press and press play. No, say pose. Three, <laughs> two, one, pose. <laughs> yeah. Make sure your eyes are over the top. There you go. That's very good. Uh, so that. <laughs> That's Tim's pose. Uh, <laughs> that that about wraps things up. Uh, I will say, uh, please do like on YouTube. Liking is super important. It's a free way to support us and uh, let us know you enjoy the content and let us know what sort of movies you like us covering. Uh, but also lets YouTube find us more of an audience. Uh, you can also, of course, support us on Patreon, as we mentioned earlier, for uh, financial support uh, for as little as a dollar per month. Patreon.com slash TV. So please do go and have a look at that. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the Octoberthon. Uh, get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight as well. Uh, but there are more episodes coming uh, all month, uh, as well as the rest of this franchise, and you can look forward to all those, uh, including extra bonus episodes on Patreon and a whole sorts of other things. We're doing, you know, we're finishing off a few franchises that we've been working on for a couple of years as well, getting them, you know, written off the books, and you know, everything's, uh, you know, coming up horror uh, in a year <laughs> that's very horrific for lots of real world reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, we can still enjoy our our chosen genre of escapist entertainment mm -hmm. well okay there you go that has been evil dead this has been screams after midnight thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time <laughs>